Hey everybody, welcome to episode 7 of the Movie Brewer Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Andrew Scott Willis, and today's episode is chock full of things from outside the establishment. Not the least of which is, hey, this movie came out only a handful of weeks ago. It's not from the 90s. Look at me. Dolomite Is My Name is a film about the creation of a film. Rudy Ray Moore's film Dolomite is a cult classic from the exploitation era that influenced not only some major filmmakers in Hollywood, but a whole lot of rap artists. Eddie Murphy's portrayal of Moore as he discovers the character and struggles to get that character up on the silver screen gives us a look inside the film industry on par with that of the disaster artist or Ed Wood. But before we get too far into it, let's crack a beer. Spoilers ahead. This is the Movie Brewer Podcast. Oh, and P.S. This episode is explicit. Alright, so today's beer is Toast Craft Lager from Toast Ale Brewing. Toast is not so much a dedicated brewery as it is an idea. It was founded in 2015 in the UK by a man named Tristram Stewart, an environmental activist who saw an opportunity to transform bread surplus into the beer I'm about to drink. The idea is instead of, you know, a full-on barley or a full grain cocktail going into the beer they use stale day-old bread from local bakeries to give it a different kind of thing and and keep that bread from just being thrown away i would be remiss here if i didn't dive into their idea a little bit further every year around 40 percent of food that's created goes to waste that's a huge number and bread is a huge part of that Uh, Inevitably, major bakeries always have leftover bread at the end of the day. It's just part of the equation. You know, you can't bake the exact number of loaves that you're going to need because you can't know how many you're going to need. So there's always that leftover. And a lot of that food, like I said, ends up in landfills where it rots and releases methane, which is a major greenhouse gas that's fucking up the climate. So Toast takes the bread, shreds it, and uses it, like I said, in place of malts and grains. Uh, In 2017, so just a couple years ago, Toast moved from the UK to New York uh, and started brewing with various brewers. They are a contract beer. They work with whatever brewery has extra time, extra space, and that brewery brews the Toast beer with them. Their initial agreement was with Chelsea Craft Brewers in New York. Currently, they're contracting with Captain Lawrence in Elmsford, New York, and that is where uh, the beer I have in my hand was was originally brewed. So I'm looking at it here. It's a can, 12 ounces. It's 5% alcohol by volume. Um, I'm looking at Zeus, Crystal, and Hallertau hops. And I'm going to crack this guy open and see what we think. So, starting out here, it's a dark, dark amber color. The smell, there's not a lot to describe here. Like, it smells like a beer. It smells, there's not a lot to the aroma here. It's got about an inch, maybe two of head on the top of the pour here. Uh, It's very lacy, uh, very thin. Good carbonation in here. And I'm going to go ahead and give it a taste and see see what I think. 
Interesting. Very interesting. It's crisp. It's clearly a lager. Honestly, it's it's funny. I can't really taste a difference. Like I'm I'm trying to sense out some kind of taste difference that would make me go, oh yeah, that's that's got to be the bread. But it, it legitimately just tastes like a regular beer. It's really good. I worried I should have brought a second one into the booth here with me, uh, just because I think I'm going to get through this whole thing before I'm done talking about Dolomite. But hey, that's as good a transition as I think I'm going to get right now. So let's start talking about Dolomite is my name. As always, I'm going to start with a brief synopsis. Here we go. So Eddie Murphy portrays real-life legend Rudy Ray Moore, a comedy and rap pioneer who overcame every obstacle in his path to get the first film of his over-the-top alter ego, Dolomite, onto the silver screen. We follow Moore in this film from the initial spark of the idea for Dolomite through him generating the character, refining the character, doing his comedy albums and stand-up tours that made the character famous, and then all the way through the making of his first film and its critical reception. It's quite the breadth of a film uh, in terms of timeline, but it doesn't feel like you're sitting there watching, which I think is a nod to the writers. So let me start, before we get into the writers, etc., let me start with a brief history of Dolomite himself. You do get a lot of this in the film, so if you've seen the film, as I hope you have, some of this may sound repetitive, but here we go. So, like I said, Rudy Ray Moore was a comedian in the 70s who started out in the stand-up comedy circuit and really hit his stride with the character Dolomite. Uh, he came up with the character after hearing the rhyming stories of the hobos and pimps on the streets of L.A. that used to come into the record shop where he worked. And he took that character and he turned it into a star. He toured the comedy circuits, released extremely explicit comedy albums, and eventually, you know, as we're discovering, created several films, including Dolomite, also The Human Tornado, Disco Godfather, I think around seven altogether. And as I said, Dolomite has a very unique rhythm to his cadence. Here, let's just listen to this piece from Dolomite Is My Name, and it, you'll get a good sense of what I'm talking about. Way down in the jungle deep. The lion stepped on the signified monkey's feet. The monkey said, motherfucker, can't you see? You standing on my goddamn feet. The lion said, I ain't heard a word you said. If you say three more, I'll jump off on your motherfucking head. But the monkey got wise and started using his wit. Said he think I'm gonna bring her in to all this ass kicking shit. <laughs> he ran up on the line the very next day. He said, Oh, Mr. Lion, there's a big, bad, burly motherfucker coming your way. He said, And he's somebody that you don't know, because he just broke loose from Raylan Brothers' show. So that type of speaking the rhymed cadence with music behind it is a type of music known as toasting and lo our beer connection becomes apparent toasting is you know a a early form of jamaican uh rhyme and music that more really championed and brought into the mainstream and rudy's mastery of this type of rhythm and cadence is why he's credited as the godfather of rap when we get into the story of 
Dolomite is my name, that really begins with Eddie Murphy. Eddie Murphy had known Dolomite since the movies came out, and in 2005, first approached screenwriters Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski. He'd seen their work on the film Ed Wood, Ed Wood being a film that follows a similar trajectory to the character of Dolomite. Sidebar, for those following along with the movie Brewer at Home, you may remember Scott and Larry from my episode on Mars Attacks. They were the team of writers that were brought in to try and punch up Jonathan Jem's original Mars Attacks script. And this moment here is a big part of why I started doing this podcast, because the web of Hollywood is so tightly interwoven. There are all these connections between the films that you know and love that tie in together. And I don't know. I had a moment when I read that Alexander and Karazowski were the writers on this movie that I was going to do, and they had been the ones on Mars Attacks. I don't know. Come, let's, let's come back to it. So... Like I said, in 2005, Eddie Murphy approached the two uh, to write a script for Dolomite, for Rudy Ray Moore. Alexander and Karaszewski were thrilled to talk to Murphy about it. They had been fans of Dolomite as well since they were kids, which I guess is a little weird. But the three really bonded over that love. And shortly thereafter, uh, Eddie Murphy actually got them in the room with Rudy Ray Moore to sort of talk about, you know, what kind of film they would make and make sure it was authentic, et cetera, et cetera. And they they were sort of off to the races, but unfortunately, as so often happens, the timing wasn't exactly right for the film. There weren't any studios that were willing to touch it. Alexander and Karazinski had a couple of projects under their name, but it's a risk to make what would clearly have to be a heavily R-rated film at that time. So, like I said, no studio would touch it. Years go by, and Alexander and Karazinski start building up their reputation as great writers. Their credit sheet reads out pretty substantially at this point. You're talking about Ed Wood, as I said, The People versus Larry Flynn. And then most recently, they had just done The People versus O.J. Simpson for FX. And that series was a huge success. In that moment, when you have a hit project like that, you're able to open a lot more doors. So they reapproached the project. They reached back out to Eddie and said, hey, are you still interested in this? And Eddie said, absolutely. You know, it's still a passion project of his. And he had been, some say semi-retired. He disputes that, but it had been a little while since he'd done anything substantial. It had been a long time since he'd done an R-rated movie. I mean, we all remember him from Shrek and... Norbit and you know uh, the Nighty Professor, all those kind of things, but it had been not since 1999's life uh, that he had been in an R-rated movie. So Eddie jumps on board and they bring it to Netflix. Now Netflix is a giant in the film industry right now. They are spending crazy amounts of money, creating crazy amounts of original content, and really pushing as hard as they can to get in the good graces of the Hollywood elite. And in that spirit, Eddie and Alexander and Karaszewski bring the project to Netflix. And they go into the pitch meeting expecting a large fight, expecting to have to convince everyone, A, that Rudy Ray Moore was as big a star as they were arguing, that audiences would connect with the idea of this character on screen, and that they were the ones to do it. And they went in. Eddie did about two minutes of the Rudy Ray Moore stand-up, and they were sold. Netflix was like, absolutely, this sounds amazing. 
you know, this is absolutely something we want on Netflix and let's do it. And after so many rejections in 2005, they were all kind of taken aback, but hey, they were greenlit. So here we go. With Netflix at their back, Alexander and Karaszewski start writing out their script. Eddie, who is also acting as producer, starts looking for a director. Craig Brewer is a name in his own right. His star power is not quite as high as it's ever been. His peak, I would say, was back in 2005 when he directed Terrence Howard to an Oscar win in Hustle and Flow. Now, Hustle and Flow had put him at the top of a lot of Hollywood directors lists at the time. But his follow-up, Black Snake Moan, starring Samuel L. Jackson and Christina Ritchie, had cooled some of that heat off of him. No one had a particular issue with the film, but it wasn't on the same level as Hustle and Flow. He ended up taking some random TV jobs here and there. You know, his IMDb list, you know, puts him on a bunch of different projects. But he was kind of adrift until Terrence Howard brought him on to direct some episodes of the show Empire. And that was where he was when Eddie approached him to direct Dolomite. The two bonded right away over their love of Dolomite. He told stories about how he used to, on his sets, endlessly quote the films. And, you know, that's that's a reoccurring theme that you see through this whole thing is people just saying, like, absolutely, like, I quote Rudy Ray Moore all the time. Like, let's do this. So... It's an easy yes for Craig Brewer. He's locked into direct shortly after they get their green light from Netflix. And we're off to the races, uh, off to the casting races, as it were. Eddie Murphy in a movie opens a lot of doors. Eddie Murphy in his first movie in three years opens even more doors. Eddie Murphy in his first R-rated film since 1999 opens the floodgates. The cast in this film is ridiculous. Uh, I feel like I say that with most of the movies I review here, but it's absolutely true in this one. When word got around to the casting directors that they were doing a Dolomite biopic, every black comedian in Hollywood started trying to find their way into this film. The major player outside of Eddie Murphy in this cast is Wesley Snipes, who plays Dervell Martin, antagonist and director of the Dolomite film being made in the movie. When Eddie and Craig were debating who should play this character, Eddie suggested Wesley, and the idea stuck. It was an odd choice because Wesley Snipes is most known as an action hero, but Eddie remembered his early work in White Man Can't Jump and Major League and knew he'd be a good fit. Though they'd never actually been in a movie together, the pairing of the two, Murphy and Snipes, just seemed to work. Dervell, the character in Dolomite, he had been in Rosemary's Baby, and to someone in Rudy's position, that was a huge star. Eddie had been a big fan of Wesley Snipes for a long time, and Wesley's Hollywood position seemed similar to that of Dervell's Hollywood darling status uh, that was established and known. Eddie and Brewer approached Snipes, and he quickly agreed. The rest of this cast reads like a Hollywood who's who of comedy. Keegan-Michael Key as Dolomite screenwriter Jerry Jones. Key was another one of those that as soon as he heard they were making a Dolomite movie, he 
signed on immediately. He said, I'll do whatever I have to do to be in this movie if you want. Um, we get Craig Robinson as friend and musician Ben Taylor, Mike Epps as Jimmy Lynch, Titus Burris, Chris Rock, Snoop Dogg, T.I. Like I said, the floodgates were open. Uh, they had their pick of Hollywood comedy elite. They also cast Divine Joy Randolph as Lady Reed. Divine was relatively unknown. She had only had a couple of credits to her name, one of which was a few episodes on the TV show Empire, which is where Eddie found his director, Craig Brewer. Craig had worked directly with Divine and knew that she had something special that she could bring to the the character of Lady Reed. And Divine uh, freely admits as well that she had never heard of Dolomite before auditioning for the film. Uh, But her father, upon hearing that she was up for the role, made her promise to do right by Lady Reed, made her promise to treat Dolomite with the respect uh, it deserves. And she says, as soon as her dad said that, she went and binged all of his work on uh, on Amazon. Which, P.S., you can binge all of Dolomite's films on Amazon. So that's our cast. I mean, we also get Bob Odenkirk in there. You know, a lot of famous names with very small parts just because, hey, this is Eddie Murphy doing Rudy Ray Moore. Principal Photography begins on June 12th in 2018. They filmed it entirely in L.A., which is wildly uncommon. Most films these days will film in places like Vancouver or Toronto or any number of places because there's specific tax credits that you can get to offset the cost of the production. But this is another instance where Netflix put its faith in the filmmakers that it's working with. Craig and Eddie said, hey... The original Dolomite was set in L.A. Our film should be set in L.A. too. And Netflix was like, you got it. Which opened them up to the possibility of filming scenes in the same exact locations as the original Dolomite film. The house where Dolomite has his first kung fu fight uh, and is throwing the FBI guys into the trunk of his car is filmed in front of the exact same house as the original film. There's a lot of authenticity that's brought to this film by Netflix's willingness to let the filmmakers explore their visions entirely. After filming and editing wraps, uh, they premiere on September 7th, 2019 uh, at the Toronto Film Festival to rave reviews. The film still stands at a 97% critic approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes. And it's released on an extremely limited release on October 4th, 2019, and then online on Netflix on October 25th. The theatrical release was so limited that I honestly, I couldn't find any box office data on it. And that, to me, says that Netflix, like so many films that they've been producing recently, had their eye on an Oscar nomination for Dolomite. In order for a film to be considered eligible for an Oscar, it has to have a theatrical run. It's a rule in the guidelines of the Academy, and it's something that's caused a lot of controversy recently because there are so many films these days that are never intended to play in a theater. There are a lot that argue it's an arcane rule from a different time. There are also plenty who argue that it is what defines real cinema is a theatrical run. So the official rules state that a film is required to have a minimum of a seven-day run in a commercial Los Angeles County theater with at least three screenings a day. Once it passes that milestone, 
it's considered a theatrical release and is eligible for the Oscars. So my bet, and like I said, I couldn't find any exact data on this, but my bet is that is exactly what Netflix did. Released it for a week, maybe two, uh, in one or two theaters. And then it goes live on Netflix's platform on October 25th, 2019. In the end, sadly, it ends up getting zero Oscar nominations. There's a lot of controversy around that kind of thing as well. The Oscars are having a hard time these days keeping up with what audiences and the public consider good movies. Um, I don't want to go too far into it. It's definitely worth exploring if you have the time. Uh, There's a great website called Awards Daily that tracks all of this kind of stuff and is focused entirely on award seasons and things like that. There's a lot of great resources there to, to examine. But yeah, so like I said, you know, the film is released on October 25th. That was three and change months ago. The critical response has been fantastic. Eddie's Murphy's performance is fantastic and it's being uh, lauded as a return to form for Eddie Murphy by a lot of people. And yeah, I, I'm I'm frustrated that it didn't get nominated for any Oscars. I think it definitely merits it. It is an incredibly strong field this year. A lot of top tier filmmakers at the top of their game. But I don't know. Um, anyway, I got off on a bit of an Oscars tangent there. But I'm going to bring this back in here real quick. I'm going to run through my quick facts of this. These are going to be a little bit odd just because normally my quick facts are based off of box office performance and things like that, of which we have none. However, I will say, and this will be quick fact number one, the original Dolomite was released in theaters and was unceremoniously slammed by critics, but ended up being one of the largest films of the year, raking in a box office total of around $10 million, which... If you figure, this is 1975, is a pretty fantastic showing. In Dolomite Is My Name, the scene with the whole crew walk into Dimension Films in full pimp regalia uh, was actually filmed on one of the hottest days of the years, with temperatures rocketing into the hundreds. The majority of Dolomite's scenes being shot for the movie uh, are from the original Dolomite, but there are also a few from Rudy Rumor's follow-up films, The Human Tornado and Disco Godfather. Dolomite Is My Name is dedicated to Eddie Murphy's brother, Charlie Murphy, who died of leukemia in 2017. Uh, Eddie has said repeatedly that it was his brother who first introduced him to Rudy Ray Moore and Dolomite, and it seemed only fitting that this production be dedicated to him. And finally, like I said, this film didn't get any Oscar nominations. It was, however nominated for Best Picture and Best Actor in the Golden Globes, which is usually an indicator of success at the Oscars. So that's another point where a lot of people are saying this is kind of an Oscar snub. And yeah, that's it. I It's it's odd. I can't give you any points of to where it was in terms of box office uh, for the year or things like that. So I'm just going to come back to my toast beer here. I have, in fact, drank most of it at this point. At one point, I had to pour a little bit more into the glass, and 
I think I found the taste of the bread in uh, sipping the head at the top of the beer. It was very, very flavorful, I guess I'll say. And I had to take a sip of water to control it. But overall, I, I'm enjoying it. It's it's drinks nice and smoothly. And it's nice to support a beer that's really trying to do something about the food that's wasted. I w- would say if you have a moment, go check out toastale.com and you can read about all of the, the work they do. Um, oh, also another fun fact that I've just remembered. 100% of the proceeds from Toast Beer go to a charity called Feedback, which helps uh, further their fight to reduce food waste. It, it you know, it's worth looking into if you have a free moment. And that'll do it. That'll bring me home for episode seven of the Movie Brewer podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. It's odd for me to do such a modern film, but I'm kind of digging it. I hope you'll tune in in two weeks for our next episode. As always, you can find me on social media. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at the movie brewer uh you can find my movie reviews on letterboxd you can find my beer reviews on beer advocate and yeah um to bring it home it's oscar season so get out there and see a movie don't limit yourself to the nominations there's a lot of great films out there that didn't make the cut and they're worth finding and and watching for yourself and that'll do it for me once again my name is andrew scott willis and this has been episode seven of the movie brewer podcast thanks for listening